0: Welcome to Barron Bomb Podcast, episode 57, with your hosts, Corey and Diego Barrenson. Diego. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. We have a special guest, Dan. Hey guys. Hello. Please, I'm so ha- I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming down. We got some Warhammer guys out. We got some Legos. Helicopter. Diego just got off. A different epic game. And we're happy to have you because you've got some in-depth deep knowledge on something near and dear to Diego's heart. <laughs> video games. Video games. And I very intrigued to hear everything you have to share, because it's all new to me. <laughs> I've been I grew up so I guess start off first, Diego wrote had a couple questions to ask you, and he'd been totally intrigued and curious. Since we, you know, you mentioned that, and there's all these questions that sprinkle in your head. Yeah, for sure. So, thank you for taking time today. I know lives get busy. I know you got other things to do, and it's your free time, so I appreciate it. No,
1: absolutely. Appreciate you guys uh, inviting me over. Yeah. I don't know how much uh, uh, of interest I'll have to say, but yeah, I'm here to answer
0: whatever questions you've got. All right. So, Diego, Mm -hmm. what is your first question? Been on your mind.
2: All right. How long have you been making games, or video
0: games? Um, I got my first video game job.
1: Uh, I think in two thousand three. Sounds about right. So uh, seventeen years. Yeah.
2: Um, what got you into video games?
1: Well, um, when I left high school, I went to get a. I got a job as an IT guy start off uh, I just figured I'd, I'd fix computers and do networking stuff and no oh, it was so boring it was uh, one of the most boring things I ever <laughs> I ever did and and so I I um, I remember just just being at work late one night, and i was just thinking, I, I don't know how much longer I can I can do this. And I said, you know what, I, I really like I, I really like video games. Um, so how can I make video games? So I think at the time I went into uh, Alta Vista, which is Ooh. you know the, the Google of <laughs> of uh, the uh, yeah <clears throat> late nineties, and typed in uh, how to make video games. And uh, I got a result from this place called uh, Vancouver Film School It was the very first result. And so I, I clicked there and uh, yeah, started reading about their video game program and then just kind of decided that was the path I wanted to go down.
0: So in
2: Vancouver. You
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Vancouver Film School was in Vancouver. At the time I was in New Hampshire where I grew up. I was in um, small town, New Hampshire.
0: Yeah. All right. Mm hmm. That's all. So wait, so how did you go? So it's right out of high school. So, so yeah, uh,
1: I'd been out of high school for um, about a year. I was working as an IT guy, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I once I once I found the the you know found out about Vancouver Film School and started looking into other schools that did video game development stuff. Um, I uh, I quit my job and I started working part time uh, as just a as like a I don't know a kitchen a kitchen aid at a old folks home so that the rest of my part-time I could do like work on a portfolio and stuff. Um, I needed a way to get into video games and I wasn't a programmer. And at the time I wasn't an artist and I wasn't a, you know, I didn't really have any, any skills that would lend themselves to video games. But I thought uh, uh, I'd tried to do programming in the past and just my experience with the networking and everything like that, I realized programming was not going to be my path into video games. So um, I decided to try the art route and I just took about six months and I practiced, you know, just traditional kind of art, drawing, painting, that sort of thing. I put together a small portfolio
0: and it was enough to get me into the into the school. So you needed to put all that work together just to get in?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how... How much might have been like I went too far with the portfolio stuff. I mean, I think if I had just told them I could afford it, they would have
0: been like, "All right, great, come on in." Um, okay, so this was a part of an application too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So this is the the portfolio was a part of the application for Vancouver Film School. Originally. Did you have to move there? Or you did it. I did. I did. So after I got accepted, uh, this is about a year after I decided that. Um, uh that i had wanted to pursue video games and uh, i think it was 20 at the time and i just packed up my car and drove from new hampshire to vancouver
0: so wait so back up so right out of high school you were were your parents saying like go to college you need to do something or were they saying hey go to work if you want to work we're cool like sure. how did how did that so get um, in time right after when you're working and not yeah in college you're working right figuring out what you want to do yep. how how was the parental situation at that little so uh i took a little bit of a non-standard
1: path I, i i spent uh i spent my first year of high school was in a public school and i wasn't doing well at all so my parents decided to send me to a private school um two years into the private school i had actually put together enough credits to graduate um but for whatever reason, in, in the the school itself lets people graduate a year early if you have the, the requirements. But there was a, a teacher that kind of uh, got in my way of that, of that particular <laughs> path. So instead of graduating early, I just decided to leave high school and uh, get my GED. And I think at that point, my parents were probably pretty fed up with trying to tell me what to do. Uh, so they didn't really – they weren't pushing me to go to college or, or do anything. I think that um, – they had realized that I was gonna find my own path because you already proved you you could have graduated early.
0: Yeah, I could have. So could've. they're like, well, I guess you're okay.
1: <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> know if it was quite that smooth, but yeah, it was something. It was Imagine something along those lines it. of like, I don't, I don't think they were thrilled about me uh, leaving high school without just getting a diploma. Um. Uh, but I, you know, I'd, uh, I've always been somebody that once I've made up my mind, it was just kind of no, that's the way it's gonna be. Nobody was gonna change it and i think it was at the end of my junior year in high school i was 18 anyway so that was yeah that was just the path i decided to take yeah
0: yeah uh
2: what made you want to make video games
1: um that's a good question i mean uh video games were always probably my Number one passion. I remember growing up, just just like I mean, it's cliche to say now, but back back in you know back in those days, like you know, I say those days, like it was ages ago, but, <laughs> uh, you know, twenty something years ago, video games were still just kind of up and coming, and in, in not that many people played video games. So none of my friends played video games. I mean, I had like one or two buddies that were into video games, but me, I was, I I loved computers. I loved video games. Um, I loved. Uh, uh, <clears throat> in addition to that, I loved like, like special effects and movies and everything. I remember just any, any sci-fi movie I could get my hands on and just like, and just thinking to myself, when I grow up, I'm going to make monsters and movies. That's what I really wanted to do. Um, cause at the time, like the fidelity behind making like a mask or something for, for a monster seemed way cooler. But as I got a little bit older, I, I still kept just playing video games in my, my, uh, I would say my, my passion sort of evolved more to be in the video game side than on the film side. So, yeah.
0: So you, you just were always playing it. Like, I remember being your age, fifth grade, and I had a neighbor who had got a Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I would go over there, and Shinobi was the hot game mm-hmm. at the time. Shinobi mm-hmm. was out. And Commando. Uh, I don't know if it was actually called Commando, but it was a Commando-type game. Right it came out at the same time as shinobi but throwing those little stars Mm -hmm. going across it was awesome i loved watching them but i never wanted to play really i was like i'll kick back i'll watch you play and i was the dude hanging out yeah but it never was this big draw except that hey we're this is this is crazy we're you're controlling this cartoon Mm -hmm. and like that's in my mind i'm like i'm controlling a cartoon with my actions and that was awesome. And then my older brother, who would slowly collect quarters, mm-hmm. would, we had to go to gas stations to play video games. There was only one dude I knew that had a console like at <laughs> home. Most of the time we'd ask mom for quarters, we'd go down to the gas station, it was there was three games. There was Mortal Kombat, 1942, and probably Pac-Man. <laughs> and everybody yeah. Was just fighting over, no, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat was the big, and everybody just huddled around the game in a gas station. There'd be 15 kids just around the box mm-hmm. in line, like, ah, oh, just, just that dude is so just good. Like, already. somebody's really good. <laughs> There's one kid who's just forever winning. Just he always is on, and you can't, like, no one's gonna punch you to knock you out. Like, well, eventually he'll die, right? So then as soon as he loses, you're like, I'm next. No, I'm next. No, I'm next. And that's how we play video games. And when you ran out of quarters or you lost, if you had two quarters and you were terrible and you died, mm-hmm. that's a wrap for you. No more video games for you today. You're done. You need to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not like now you can, you, un, you can play it indefinitely. You, you can, have your you own. can literally never stop playing, even if you're terrible and you die constantly. Yeah. You can just sit there. But this is how it was. We had to walk. To the gas station, if you didn't have a bike, and man, I always wanted to go with my older brother, your uncle Kenneth, because he was awesome. He could use one quarter on 1942, guaranteed. He'd like he was he's a scientist now, so he would like a minimum hour and a half, one quarter, boom, and he would just dominate because most people would like go to the fighting games. Yeah, he's like I'm good with 1942. Just it was, and this is what it was. It was a flat plane. It only goes. Like this, two well, yeah, side to side, up and down. You're shooting bullets only up. Mm-hmm. You can go up and around like a circle.
2: But you can't go like...
0: that. No, yeah. no 3D. That was it. Yeah. Hour and a half straight, one quarter. Because mm-hmm. guess what? When he dies, what do we do?
2: We Find going- another quarter. Yeah,
0: yeah, or <laughs> go home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the best part about those arcade machines too is compared to the home consoles i mean compared to our atari or even nes it's
2: like you don't have to worry about waiting in line you can just you can just play. if you, you want keep it, playing. you could play yeah. Yeah. all day
1: <laughs> yeah, but then the arcades were special because they had the the graphical fidelity way beyond what consoles were capable of at the time. I remember Mortal Kombat coming out and it was just yeah. mind blowing. Like, wow, look at those graphics! You know what I mean? <laughs> so the arcade, were that was,
0: where like you went when you were like really into the video games. Yeah, yeah. So you went. So you drive to Vancouver. What'd you take with you? Some clothes, a computer. Um. Yeah, sounds about right. A good attitude. No, I had a, I had a dog. I had my
1: my first dog. Um, I packed her in the front seat and my computer in the back seat and a couple of clothes, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So not, nothing beyond, like, no apartment already dialed in? You're just driving No, there.
1: no. So I actually, um, I made, I had, uh, <laughs> I had a friend out there that, a friend, somebody that I'd never met in real life, but somebody that I'd met through gaming. Okay. And um, he had actually gone to Vancouver Film School a couple of years earlier, and he offered me just a place to stay while I got, uh, um, you know, just sleep on his couch while I got my feet out from, you know, feet under me. So um that's what I did. I went and stayed with him for about a week before I found a found an apartment. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah.
0: It'll work out okay, like when you meet somebody in real life versus um digitally.
1: No, I would say that was that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. No,
1: that that it, that uh that friendship didn't didn't carry too <laughs> carry forward too much. I'll I'll yeah. I'll, I'll remember that for <laughs> later. Yeah, that's a that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <clears throat> but it was—I'll uh, always be thankful for you know, given that uh, that opportunity because I was, you know, as um, I was always been a bit of an introvert and a homebody um, from you know young age. So getting out by myself and going across the country was uh, was a big deal to me at the time. I mean, still, still would be a big deal. I can't imagine just picking up everything and moving across the country quite so easily. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah.
2: Um. What's one of your favorite games you've made in the past?
1: Favorite games that I've made, ooh.
2: Or that you've participated in at least.
1: Sure, that's a good question. Um. So I think one of the one of the uh, working on a game and then having a game be f- like fun to play, I would say, are two very different things that. It's not something that you probably think about too much when you're on the outside looking in, but um, I've worked on some bigger games that people would have actually heard of, and I, you know, in some cases I had an okay time. In some cases, they were not as fun to work on. I think that the um, some of the most fun, um, and some of the probably the, the the most proud I've been of one of the games that I've worked on is a game called uh, Wilson's Heart, which is a virtual reality game. It's for the Oculus it's sort of like a black and white sort of horror noir yeah. kind of vibe to it really cool narrative we did some really cool things uh, graphically and yeah no that was a ton of fun
0: what was what's the most awesome part about it or would you love the concept or were you involved in shoots or VR suits or sure the- um, what would it have been I think it was just the
1: uh, kind of a combination of all of the above i suppose i mean uh i had probably a lot more input than i'd had in games in the past i mean most games these days are made with hundreds of people and you know as as one person unless you're unless you're kind of one of the directors at the top of the game you don't have a whole lot of individual input outside of just you working on your little like section of the game and you can do whatever you you know do what you need to do on that section but you don't have Kind of the big picture uh, um, impact. Uh, a game like Wilson, we like our studio is is pretty. Um, at the time, was pretty small, and uh, uh, felt like a lot of the idea. You know, we we would we would work together to come up with a lot of the ideas of stuff that would go in there. Um, storyline we, or yeah, story, story wise, uh, graphically too, certainly. Um, I think there were a lot of technical constraints and technical limitations that we were working with that I feel like we managed to push to the limits, which is really interesting to me. I always like having a problem where, you know, um, it doesn't feel like it's something that you should be able to solve or it's most people don't don't even try to like push the sort of graphical fidelity to the next level because they think the, oh, the hardware is too limited or it's not going to be possible or something like that. So getting in there and 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 getting to tinker and do things that uh, are still like kind of pushing the boundaries of like what is what is possible graphically is, is
0: a lot of fun. Um, so did you get to push beyond what hardware – a hardware is capable of because uh, I, was, I was wondering that when they say we need x and it can do this who's who's pushing it to the boundaries what is what is that like what Because does that when mean? you're like oh guess what we wanted to sure. do this effect and right now it's not possible sure. that's got to feel really cool because I my phone this laptop right here mm-hmm. supersedes my capabilities to imagine something more more complicated than it can do yeah so you doing that is really impressive. Or yeah. Even trying to say, "Hey, like, ignore that. Let's stick with the idea." Mm-hmm. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, um, it's one of those things that that uh, if you're not familiar with sort of the ins and outs of how the, the the like shaders and rendering pipelines and stuff work, it seems it seems really intimidating. I think if I were to actually like sit down and show you sort of. The methods and the software and stuff we use, you'd find it, you know, you you being in the um, uh, <clears throat> film industry, you'd find it probably pretty uh, relatable right away. Mm-hmm. It's the the two. There's a lot of overlap between the fields mm-hmm. and stuff, so uh, I think the challenge for us um, is that we have to we have to take specific budgets into into account because everything that's being rendered, you know, rather than like the computer having time mm-hmm. to compute. Uh, whatever gets rendered out,
2: mm-hmm. uh, it
1: has to do that in real time. So everything needs to be sort of efficient enough for your graphics card to be able to render everything that it sees in real time at a high enough frame rate so that it doesn't feel like a like a bad experience. So um, yeah, just finding ways to sort of cut corners. And you know, video games are all smoke and mirrors in a way. I mean, all the tricks that the film industry does to to render out special effects don't really apply to uh video games the same way because they're just not they're not efficient enough they can't they can't pump the kind of you know data real time so right um we have to do just a whole bunch of tricks to try to make it look like it's the same as the film and you know the the techniques that the film renderers and stuff do yeah
0: because you're like live rendering 3d models within yeah. landscapes and all that like i've seen yeah. the for our yeah for our video capability it's you know it's just a video it's not actually rendering the multi layer composites mm-hmm. whereas i see the cg department you know they're actually tapping every amount of horsepower all the time and mm-hmm. then you can you can actually send if you want to do a real cool character in this world and they're like okay i'm done i just want to render it so i can push play some of you guys you farm it out where you can use the cloud computing if it's not strong you're like oh that can go over and it might take a whole night to render a scene just to watch Mm -hmm. it. So you would send it to some farm? Render farm. Render farm somewhere locally or far, just so that in the morning you can say, ah, let's watch it and see if that actually looks cool. Does that happen?
1: Um, That happens with certain things. Some things need to be pre-computed that way. Uh, The lighting in any particular environment would be a good example, Uh, depending on your engine. Um, uh, You might have to... Set up all your lighting scenarios and stuff to make the levels look a particular way, and then you hit bake. And then you basically have to walk away for a day, two days, three days. I mean, it sort of depends on on uh, the complexity of the scene, but you can do it. Doing
0: that walk away it sounds like that. crazy to me because it reminds me of Diego. You take a picture with your mm-hmm. phone right now, yeah, boom, you see it. You could see it while you're taking it, and take it now. It kind of reminds me of taking a photo. We used to take photos with. Camera, and like really hope it's gonna look good. Take that picture, keep it for a couple days or a week until you finish taking the pictures because you had twenty, for example. Then you take it to Walgreens or wherever this de- film developer place. Then you wait another four days. Now it's two weeks later. They print it. You go pick up the picture and you look at it and say, like, Oh it's terrible." I blocked. Yeah. I blocked it with my finger. I, I don't even. It's a black there's nothing there i covered it the next one is blurry the next one's too you don't even know what's happening when you just so it just sounds like in now to wait for anything seems unnecessary Mm -hmm. oh you had to wait for something oh i know oh the struggles you had to wait a day like could you imagine waiting two weeks to see a picture you just took that was not a thousand years ago that was 20 years ago
1: yeah, I forget that. that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> it does not even occur to me that Sophie has probably never even heard of that before. I mean, Polaroids when they came out were revolutionary. Oh yeah. Yeah. You now, can, I yeah, want you it to come now. out, and you can you wave the picture back and forth <laughs> yeah. and then 5 minutes later you've got like a really faded yeah, uh, representation
0: of Wyatt a and photograph. Sophia
2: has it. They have that too? Oh, yeah? Wyatt has them
0: too. What else you got another question on that list of yours? Nope. Oh yeah, I bet you do. I know you do. Got one more in there? You got one more in you. Um, I don't know. You don't know. Uh, I'll, okay, I'll ask a question, but then you can ask the follow-ups, okay. okay? All right. So a very simple, basic one. What do you love about what you do? Um,
1: uh, how, to, how to pinpoint? I mean... Uh, I love, yeah, I love making video games. I think that that's the main thing for me. That it, to me, it was never about um, my the the discipline that I took to you know, like by by discipline, I mean my my like profession, profession, not not to how disciplined I am, but but <clears throat> sort of going the path of art. It was never about the art to me. It was always more about making the video game. Um, I just love the input, the creativity, and the sort of the prospect of what that a uh, video game might sort of transform into you know what i mean so it's like seeing something mature and finally be complete after you know one to two to three year period of time of working on something and it finally becomes a thing yeah
0: you see it from the full inception like storyboard level all the way to often completion? yeah
1: often um you definitely and um i've worked in bigger companies before and you come in at different stages of the project so that's not always the case. Sometimes you just sort of jump in for six months because that's all you're sort of like you know. When I started my career as a as a character modeler, so I would just make the characters only for the for video games. Um, and so I would just jump in for like maybe six months to a year or something working on various characters, and then once the characters are done, I get to move on to another project. But everybody else is still working on that particular game.
0: Yeah. And do you have the control to totally create it? yourself or they say hey here's the model we need you to just yeah finish it out no it depends again it depends uh smaller
1: studios you might be hey we need a character that does x y and z and then you would do a couple of uh sketches or something maybe find some reference and just say like i'm thinking something like this and then um then uh, somebody says, "All right, go go ham, go have fun." Um, that's probably less typical. Uh, that would be a much smaller studio would do something like that. Everything else, you would be you'd be handed probably a, a painting um, with uh, what are called turnarounds, where basically it's just a character in in the T pose, if you're familiar with the sort of default pose that a character is in before it before it starts animating. Um, and they'll do like front side back view of that so that as a modeler you have a, you know pretty much exactly what you're you're set to create so it's probably the more typical workflow is that the concept artist will come up with a design for a character and then pass it along with the character artist and then they turn it into the 3d asset
0: yeah so what what part do you do now so you're not you don't model anymore I, I don't model anymore so so uh,
1: now I'm a game director yeah, at the at the studio I'm at now so <clears throat> I work with the, the creative director and we just we we make the games yeah I, I mean I say that is a, it's a very high level sort of breakdown my, my job just yeah. basically consists now of you know writing emails and providing feedback and playing and testing and making decisions about uh, you know the direction that the game is gonna go you know stuff like that so much oh. much higher level so, so you already have the full
0: concept of the game. It's now just executing levels, maps. <clears throat> you're, are you you're supervising and reviewing everything the modelers and the artists come up with? Uh, to make we sure have... it's in line with the story. Sure. Or, um...
1: Yeah, uh, I would say I would say kind of all of the above. I mean, we started at the planning stages and. Um, Sort of working with the creative director to come up with what the game is and the the story beats behind the game and what you know what kind of you know what's the gameplay loop and what's all the what is this game going to be you know when you're starting with nothing or maybe you're starting with just sort of a little nugget of information and you have to sort of turn that into a okay this is how the video game is going to going to unfold and then as as you move into production yeah your sort of responsibilities in your day to day change quite a bit. Um, Usually at at this stage, um, you know, we're we're I can't talk much about it, unfortunately. You know, unfortunately, just you know, all the trade secrets and all that stuff. But uh, sure, of
0: course, <clears throat> uh, that's why the briefcase with the gun is right next right, to you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, um,
1: I've lost. I've lost track of what I was okay. talking you're, about you're yeah. directing the flow you're, oh yeah yeah you're, So you're caught so up in what, what
0: seems like the tiny minutia which is important but I guess a broader part of my question is so you're it sounds like it's exciting because you're going from nothing and creating a world that someone very may well encompass a big portion of their time out of their life in the human world to enter into this world that you create and that's pretty cool and I think that, you know, I don't play them very often, but there's been, st- you know, like stints when I mean like a day or two mm-hmm. where I play with the friend who's totally into it. Yeah. I'm like, ah, okay, I'll, I'll go in with you. Let's go into this vortex. And then, you know, we may spend, a, it seems like a day or two. It seems like if it's really good. And now with the Oculus and all those things, once you get in, you know, our, our focal point, like what when you actually look at something, Diego. Mm-hmm. You can only focus on such a tiny part of your entire visual field. It's so small. That's mm-hmm. that's why when cameras could focus on one thing, it was cool because that's how our eyes work. When you look at me, you see only probably the exact thing you're staring at. And everything else is kind of soft and then blurry, right? Yeah,
2: that's true. So when you
0: play a video game long enough, that's awesome. Your peripheral vision begins to fill in with the game. And then you... Don't pay attention to the real world, and you get totally siphoned in. And that's part of creating that type of environment and story that's going to keep you in there if it's awesome enough. And now it's not uh, like quickly executable purpose. Like Mortal Kombat is like you who beats up who done that's a wrap that's the game. Now it's all this storyline and deep level character understanding of who would do what in what situation. And then so now we have. Fortnite, the jam of yeah. the young youngsters time. Yeah, so Epic so Games. So Diego, why why is Fortnite so fun to you? Cuz this um, this has got to be like maybe you already know, but here's from a kid, why why is Fortnite so fun? I don't well
2: It's not like most shir- shooter games. Okay. It's like a um Huh.
0: there's no wrong answer just tell me why, why is it fun
2: well it's not like most shooter games where it's first person very realistic it's um uh not so real which isn't a bad thing um it's fun because it's one of those games well me personally i like games where you can play with friends and not just solo unless if you really want to um, but that's a game where you can have up to, like, a lot of people with you. And that's kind of what makes it fun, is to be able to play with friends and um, get engaged with the game. But, yeah.
0: So being able to talk to your friends while you're playing a game? Yeah.
2: That's something I really enjoy about games.
0: Cool. And what about... Because you can talk to friends while you play different games. Why is it so fun to literally be in the same game with your friends?
2: Uh, I mean, everything's live. Like, it's happening. They're, they're not watching anything, but...
1: I, I like to go back to the... It's kind of like... Especially if you're working together with your friends and when you're playing a game like Fortnite, you're you're generally on the same team, I imagine, with your, with your friends. Um, so it's almost like you've got each other's back the whole time and you're working together toward a common goal as opposed to just sort of being a cheerleader for somebody who's, you know, pressing the, the <laughs> controller buttons at the right time, you know?
0: <clears throat> and you like that they have dances? A.K.A. the emotes?
2: <laughs> Part of it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. And the colors? It's all blue, light blue and pastelish. You notice the colors are bright. It's not dark and black and gray and Mm -hmm. dark red. It's bright, happy colors. It's always daylight.
2: Well, yeah, I
0: guess. Yeah, it's like sunny day the whole time. You're shooting people on a sunny day with your friends. (laughs) You know, nothing better than that. You blast, you get to hang glide. Right? Yeah. Okay, then what what was the new game that you were playing today? Rocket League. Rocket League. Mm -hmm. You know about Rocket League? I know about it. I've uh,
1: Fortnite. I've played Rocket League. I have not played.
2: It's. I'm pretty sure, if I'm correct, it's another game from Epic Games.
0: And do you like that one so far? He's just testing it out. Yeah, it's really
1: fun. Yeah, they just released it for free now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you playing on the Xbox or? Uh Yeah.
0: That's the console
2: I've been
0: using. Cool. So thanks to people like you working hard in the the video game trenches, this this special situation happens to us this year in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I'm very like push that stuff away. Don't like shut it down, but like keep it at bay as far as like time on watching stuff, playing stuff. But right now I couldn't think of a better invention to keep him close and tighten it, and mentally chatting and working together with his friends totally virtually yeah. you know I did you know pre pre this the corona I was like yeah you could sometimes a little bit it's fine but now I see how much he's playing with yeah I want I soon you'll be able to play in the streets and run and do all this stuff with your friends but right now when you can play with your friends online like this is such a cool invention. You can talk to each other through wires in our no house. How far? Live. Like
2: I talked to Christians yeah, from it's cool. all the way in Houston. And you just learn the
0: speed of light, right? Yeah. How fast is the speed of light? 186,000.
2: 186,000 miles per miles second. Miles
0: per second. Okay, and if you Ooh. don't believe that number, you say a word, you say hello, and as fast as you say it, your cousin or your friend hears it in their ear. That's the speed of light. Is that literally? That's what I'm assuming it's traveling. Is it? I didn't like. Do you understand how that works? Uh, you is mean the- is is that trans? You know, when I speak into the mm-hmm. phone or in the video game, and Xbox, and they hear it. Is that the speed of light?
2: I mean. Maybe. Or close in, to it? In, or in in some, close. It feels like yeah. it. <laughs> I, mean, be I don't know the
0: numbers. I just know that number makes sense because that's possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't actually I, I don't know if I, I'm sure the speed of light comes into it somewhere when you're transferring data across the uh,
0: wires. Sure. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. I like when, that. I, I just believe that number mm-hmm. because that that you can understand that. And I think that's cool. I'm glad you have fun with your friends and talk to your friends. Would you go across the country in a car with your dog Nike, your favorite hoodie, a laptop, and go to Canada to make some whatever you were into? I don't know. <laughs> what would you do if I said, yeah, right now, you, you're safe to drive? Um... You could do You could do some type of work for a little while. What would you do? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough question. Yeah. It's hardcore. I did the yeah. similar, same thing uh, when I left Texas. Packed up computer, big old desktop computer. Oh, yeah. Big old thing. Had to go in the trunk. This thing was heavy weighted. Stack of clothes, Just cruising to California but I did not have a college in mind. I did not have a goal to be there. I was just going there. Yeah. I think your intention is as cool because you're like, uh, you work. he worked all that time. He couldn't even get in Then he built something he didn't have, which is your portfolio because you wanted it that bad and you couldn't immediately have it. So you had to work for it. So to, you know, I put all this effort in his portfolio. I'm going, I'm going to be there. You're going to do this. So that was a big step, you know, because I'm sure at some yeah. point during building your portfolio, I think during that time you might have decided, "Do I want to do this or not?" Did you have moments like that? Hmm. Like, oh, like, can I just come on, mom and dad, just pay? I don't want to build this thing, but it was necessary for you to maybe find out in yourself if you wanted to pursue it.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I did. I definitely was frustrated. I mean, art is. I think people have the the impression that. Uh, you have talent or you don't um, But really I didn't And really have a lot of experience With uh, art stuff I mean I knew that if I put my mind to something I could usually copy something pretty well uh, So trying to learn how to draw When you really suck at first Is is uh, frustrating <laughs> And you just don't You know and it's the kind of thing for me It was more like I'm just keeping my fingers crossed That I'm good enough at some point To actually make this happen Yeah, um, But I just had to keep Keep working on it for a while. Yeah. And then I look back at my portfolio from do not I d I don't I don't have the actual art pieces that I submitted, but I, I can remember most of them and, and they were terrible. I mean, they were just awful. You know. <laughs> and I would never show anybody anything that I did from back then, you know. Just But you yeah, don't I'm but you're not
0: born awesome. You have no, to practice. You have to work, you have to work. Yeah. and but you yeah. enjoy doing it. Um, it was it was
1: fifty fifty. I would say for for traditional art stuff. I've never been too much of a like pencil, paper, paint kind of guy. Um, always thought more in terms of three D. I was always more into like working with clay and working with my hands and stuff oh, like okay. that. Um, so doing a two D portfolio, which was required for for Vancouver's film school, was a uh, was t- difficult for me because I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. I really just wanted to be done with it, but you know, I just had to keep. Keep plugging away because it was what I needed. So, yeah.
0: I'm going to release Diego soon. Is there anything you would tell your nine-year-old self? Where were you at nine? Ooh, at nine. In New Hampshire, just shoveling yeah. snow, getting ready for Halloween. <laughs> Sho- shoveling
1: snow, yeah. That, was, that sounds about right. I'm sure. um,
0: <laughs> Chopping dead
1: trees. Yeah.
0: Because I have one co-worker from New Hampshire. This is yeah. what this is what he's telling me. He's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I want to go. I really miss chopping trees. So he went to his parents and chopped trees for a while. Because he just missed that feeling of hammering some trees with an axe. He had chainsaws, but he's like, sure. it's more fun just to chop it with an axe. Wait, wait what, got was time. he just
1: going in the woods and chopping down trees for the, for the heck of it? Or is he talking I mean, about firewood and chopping I mean, logs? His, his
0: dad, like, we need to clear this area.
1: Oh, uh, okay. You know. Because I was going to say we, we did a lot of chopping logs for firewood, but I don't remember I don't remember just going out with an axe and willy nilly just being like, all right, this tree's got to go. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, uh, that's a tough one. I think I think it would just be, um, uh, you know, just stick with it. I think that uh, as a I had a harder time probably with that as a as a nine year old kid is just sticking with anything or feeling like. Um. I was never going to be the guy that could get that done because I didn't have that sort of like, I think I just expected a sort of a skill or a talent to click and to I just, never to wanted just already to already
0: be born with. Yeah.
1: Something. So I was always just looking for that thing that I was just good at because everybody's good at something. So what am I good at? And I didn't, I didn't really know. I, I think I would have, uh, would have done well for, and I'm sure I heard this from grown ups and stuff, but, but just keep practicing on
0: something that I enjoyed doing. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you're not going to be awesome at it. But if you like doing whatever it is, mm-hmm. you will get better.
1: 10,000 so, hours, they say, right? 10,000 hours to, to get your black belt. To, to your, yeah, until you're proficient in something. So that's a lot of hours.
0: Yeah. Oh, one more thing. So this is, you're probably familiar with this guy. Yeah, we were. We were. The, what's this guy's name? The Noise? Noise Marine. Yeah. Noise Marine. You notice this is just primered. I did. You did. Only primer. When are you going to paint this dude? This is a Warhammer Noise Marine, which is the only one we ordered because it's amazing. It's a special character. As powerful as what, five dudes or something like that? I- <laughs> do you know? Uh,
1: Not anymore, I don't. No? I, the last time I played Warhammer was fourth edition, and I think they're on like, do you know what edition they're on now? I think it might be like eighth edition or tenth edition or oh, something wow. like that. So we're we're quite a few generations beyond where I was. So you went digital, Did you off the analog. Uh, no, I we yeah. uh, since since this whole you know uh, coronavirus situation started, I broke out all my my old models and sit with Sophie and uh, Sophie, my daughter, and we we uh, I've started I've started the hobby again. Started you know taking them off their sprues, gluing them together. Haven't started
0: painting them just yet, but uh, eventually, yeah. 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 We looked, when we first got these, you know, Lalo, Diego's teacher, said he started the Warhammer group with the, mm-hmm. some of the kids. How cool is that, by and the way? There was nothing like that. when It's when crazy. We the teacher, you got such a great school. The teacher's taking time. You know, it was during the, all the summer. Um, it, was, it wasn't, it was once a week. It was like an hour and a half a week. They would all sit together and talk about the game, and they didn't start painting together, so we started painting, and he gave them, actually this came with the, I just smashed this dude's weapon. But anyways, this was the, you know, you get a kit Mm -hmm. and two dudes to -hmm. practice, and Mm -hmm. then he gave us a little couple guides for an army. Mm -hmm. But I just, it was so impressive with the details. Like, I don't know if you want to hold that guy. Yeah, The details on plastic injection molding, that they're capable of doing is really impressive. Yeah. And I still don't know anything about the game, but I do know, but we painted some of these guys Mm -hmm. and it's kind of fun just to focus on such a like tiny, tiny spot with a two, you know, paintbrushes size of a toothpick and the end, Mm -hmm. you know, just really focusing.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's fun, man. I mean, that was, uh, when I was, when I was a kid, I don't remember ever just like taking two toys and kind of being like, hiya, yeah <laughs> and smashing them together. But I used to take all the figurines or whatever it was that I had and I would find a spot or build a spot that they, and I would just pose them and then set up these big battles.
0: But um, you would set up like it's like a frozen yeah, Yeah, like, more time. like a diorama gotcha. or something.
1: Uh, and then I'd just sort of look at it. You know, and that was my version of play back then, Was some, you know. Again, not not so much the, like, this guy jumps and then, you know, shoots that guy and then this guy kicks or something like that. I didn't have that kind of imagination. I just wanted to, like, pose everything out and then just sort of look at it for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so you had already
0: so, begun creating worlds with your toys yeah. and imagining what's happening in your mind. So you're essentially building a video game in your mind. Yeah, I suppose in some ways. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. Because they were still, but in your mind, there was a lot of action happening
1: i mean i would have loved just like a a, a, all right go button you know (laughs) they come unfrozen and just start you know attacking each other i could watch it unfold after everything that i had set up versus me having to grab each individual guy and make sound effects and smash them together (laughs)
0: yeah what do you think diego so surprisingly enough uh so tell dan thank you
2: thank you yeah, it
0: was my pleasure. And we'll keep hanging out. We'll release him. we we'll do a little grown-up chat. Well, I'll see you later. Surprise. This guy's going to go play video games. All right. Fortnite? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Cool. Well, thanks, yeah. Diego. All right. See you later, Chiquito. <laughs> what do you think about that? How do you feel about this?
1: About uh, just chatting, you're just all, talking all of them. Yeah, no, it's chill, man. It's weird, great. right?
0: Yeah. It's kind uh, of
1: strange. First couple of minutes are,
0: are, you know, interesting, but yeah. Yeah, no, so before I forget. It's very easy. So I, I want to go back to that story because it's, it's funny. So oh. when when I drove, <laughs> so I got my car right, uh-huh. and I'm moving to California. I'm going to live with an aunt temporarily till I get on my feet. Okay. Got one- i was at ut which i dropped out of uh-huh and then uh this other guy he's gonna move to california too and say so, okay well let's follow each other he had you know gonna follow each other in the cars and then some guy from work says i'm not gonna move there but i just want to go for the road trip okay so it's two of us in two cars and one guy's kind of at gas breaks he's gonna switch cars and give us company along the way so we get all the way there and You know, it's kind of cool, but as as we're getting closer to California, Mm -hmm. you know, the guy, the friend that's also driving the car at each stop is more like, "So, what are you gonna do when you get there?" Because I'm like, he's he's going with his aunt, I'm going with my aunt. We're like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna high five and go our own ways." He's like, "You know, but we, you know, what are what are we gonna do?" I'm like, "I don't know," you know. So then we get we're driving, and I'm like, we're just getting more angry at each stop, saying what are we going to, you know, are we going to, what are we, what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know, look for jobs. Then, then figure it out. It's kind of my loose, terrible plan. It's going to happen, you know, young, well, figure it out. It's fine. I'm just getting out of Austin, getting out of here. That's the point. We get there, it'll all be all right. We get all the way there. We're dropping them off at his aunt's. Like later. He's like, so I've been trying to ask you, what are we going to do? Like, What's gonna become of us? I was like, ah, I see. I think you had a different view of our friendship than I did. I was like, okay. No, I'm I'm gonna go my own way, you know. I'll see you later. He's like, okay. He's a little sad. He's like, I'll see you later. And it was very, I wasn't expecting that. I was like, okay. Okay, yeah. And then went his own way. Told my friend, I was like, he's like, what's going on? That was a very long goodbye. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get out of here. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I had to break up with somebody just now. <laughs> yeah, an unexpected twist to the <laughs> journey, like, yeah. I was like, okay. So I went, you know, stay with my aunt and got a job serving food and coffee at a post house that also, you know, did color correction. That's how I learned about it. Mm-hmm. And so they had this big, huge bay. You know, it was this massive building. Everything was new, you know, the machinery with the tape ops are inside of the building, like the heart the data center. So imagine in the center of the building at all the computers, all the renderers, all the tape decks, and there's mm-hmm. two dudes in there with microphones to each bay. I need tape five, this and that, because it was all analog. There's nothing. Most of it was on tape. Like sure. I need from this video shoot that they had scanned the film, put it on tape. Now it's like six tapes for a video or a shoot some graphic artist doing the cg stuff and say i need tape two and bay five I, say, I need tape six and bay seven they're like <laughs> and like i walk out of there and you go in the other room where the the colorist is and he's it's the biggest bay in the whole building it's, mm-hmm. this huge bay it, obscenely enormous right and it's like it's a minimum 15 feet from the door to where his seat is just open Room, the mm-hmm. very nice couch, and all this cool art stuff in here. There's soft lighting and recessed lighting. And mm-hmm. what do you call it? The lighting ba- bounces off the roof, and sure, everything's dimmed. I'm like, yep, the whole lighting dimmer world is like mm-hmm. so intoxicating, you know. And then he's coloring uh, m&m purple pills. You remember that video where the grass he turned purple. Knowing color correction now mm-hmm. that you can do on your phone, it's pretty like, oh, <sighs> duh, you just hit opposite hue and invert colors. Sure. That's basically all he did. Yeah. But at the time, yeah, I'm like, what are you doing <laughs> to this image? You control the colors like a magician with a million thousand buttons. That's a real number. Mm-hmm. And and we're, I'm just in here bringing you whatever specific coffee you need, and he's listening to this very cool techno-ish low vibe music. I'm like, what is this world? (laughs) I just left the town of The Broken Spoke and only people talked, mostly it was just mechanic conversations or some sort of something here in front of you job. Whatever, you look outside, you see a place that's gonna be your job. You look at this building, that's where you see your future like what building there's grown ups in that place where you buy tires or there's grown ups over here making something or there's a restaurant like you didn't I couldn't imagine there was another way to do life or have a job yeah right so then I'm thrust in this place where there's just all creativity it's all technology and creativity into one I don't understand any of it but I know it feels awesome and that's what sucked me in and I just stayed Yeah. You know, going to this, like I sort of the CG guys or the the guys, it felt like the video game room was like the darkest room. There's like 50 dudes. There's a thousand toys. There's everybody with like crazy headphones. Mm -hmm. It's all what you imagine, you know, it's just mayhem. They just have food carts with snacks sprinkled around all the chairs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that looks awesome. I want to do that instead of the more grown up colorist guy at the time. Yeah. I was like this you guys are partying you're grown ups and it seems like it's just a big party. Mm-hmm. And then I sat with them for a few weeks and like as soon as I got into Maya 3D and they start giving me some basic like sure. just get in you know just we just the 101 type situation. Sit with me. Just do it. Mhm. Make the one stick guy. Mhm. Right? Mm-hmm. What is that called? The
1: uh what are you, uh, are you talking about a block out or Yeah, like just the, if if yeah. I
0: hey here, welcome to the 3D, you're going to character model. Mm-hmm. That first day, you're like, this is the easiest thing to do, just getting familiar with buttons, and here's your guy. Yeah. Here's a shape, just generic. So they
1: really just throw you right in on Maya? Yeah, so we just okay. start you
0: in here, and um, just, I think they wanted me to make the arm <coughs> wave. They had already preset it, you know, just yep. kind of blocking it out. Sure. And uh, just see if you even like this. This is day one. Mm-hmm. Just feel it out. You know, we we're all young kids. We we're in the kitchen. You're like, you know, they're like, give those guys a chance. See what they like. Because it was either 2D, compositing, CG, color correction. Yeah. Right? Or the editors. So they let us kind of sit with each person that you got along with to see if you like what they do. Sure. That's kind of how they kind of, what do you call it? Groom the next wave of, yeah, of that's workers interesting. and interns.
1: They didn't hire from. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they must have had like hiring programs from CG schools and stuff.
0: They would, they would, but whoever was there had preference. Interesting. If they were in, if they were interested, they got yeah, they got in there first.
1: So when you when you joined, uh, were you an intern or no?
0: No, I was working there, but yeah. we're we we're uh, it's called client services, where you uh-huh. just serve food okay. and drinks. Yeah, it's like a, you're just because it's like a restaurant basically for all the clients. Right. So clients, I don't know how it is when you do, if you do sessions with, do you do sessions with other clients per no. se, or is it just you, your company, your developers are making it within your team? Yeah. There's no it's outside just, people supervising, right. approving things?
1: No, it's where we're internally, I mean, we have to answer to our publishers, but um, when the when publishers are just the people that, you know, sign the checks. But uh, otherwise, no, it's just, it's just us. Yeah.
0: So now that you're a director, do you, I guess, at what point in the beginning do you say we're gonna make this game or not make this game? Or, I guess, where is the beginning concept? if You mm. say, okay, it's it's time to make a game. Is that sure. where you you say, okay, I need I need Timmy, Bobby, and Jimmy, the story guy, or whoever? Do you bring them in and say, okay, it's 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 development time? How does yeah. this world work? Because I'm so obviously dumb to what how it works.
1: Well, I, I think that can be said with just about. I mean, I'm I'm just as blind to your side of the, <laughs> on your side of the fence. So I um, understood completely. Uh, no, I mean every studio is going to have a different process. Um, uh, in everything from the the whole process about how you get a, how you decide which project to get started, how you get money for that project. Everybody's going to do it a little bit differently. Um, on our side, uh, we've we've just got a kind of back catalog of ideas that uh that that, that we've had over the years where do um, those come from primarily from our and again this is specific to our studio this doesn't this doesn't translate to any other studio okay. um that i know of but um primarily from our our chief creative officer our, our creative director um <clears throat> who's uh one of the founders of the company and then um and then kind of runs like all of the creative aspects of the company itself so uh he generally starts off with the ideas and then um we take that to uh publishers and people that will actually be able to you know that we'll actually pay to have the game made. Um, we'll put together presentations and stuff. Small, generally pretty small presentations, uh, kind of game pitches, um, things like that. But we're pretty flexible when that process comes along. I mean, every you know, we're always trying to look three to five years out and beyond. So we're we're usually a couple years ahead of time. So we usually know, you know, a while ahead of time before what project we're starting onto next. But it's it's really just. Um, the creative director, um, lately, uh, myself, and then if we need to bring one or two other guys in for like we need some specific illustrations to help put this PowerPoint together or we need some specific writing or something like that, we'll reach out to people that we need.
0: How hard is that to... Because you know it takes, what you say, three to five to really finish it. So then you're imagining what people or what will be good in five years from now because you're now going to invest yeah. this huge amount of time in the future sure competing with what people are already looking forward as well sure. in your industry but sure. you're thinking okay we're going to invest all this time <coughs> to then to you won't even know right if that was a good choice till so, 5 years down the line right right
1: <laughs> no that is the that's the that is the rub right i mean most studios that have that 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 kind of follow market trends are going to have that constant battle, um if they're trying to well, what's hot right now? Zombies are hot and shooter games are hot. We want we want zombie shooter game. Okay. Let's start in five years, three years, whatever the the dev cycle is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good chance zombies and shooters aren't hot anymore. You know what I mean? So um Oh you don't yeah. have
0: any Frankenstein right now? Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, these are, it's a wrap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, so I think I think from our perspective certainly we would try not to get too caught up in the sort of uh the flavor of the moment so to speak so really we're just we're just making a game that we think sounds fun and that we think uh that we want to make and uh to us that's the that's the important piece is just it you know whether people agree after you're done making it is sort of something else so yeah it's 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 that's partly up to luck you know what i mean if you just happen to be like the first vampire game that comes out in a wave of vampire games um there's a good chance that people are gonna be looking at your game as uh, sort of the the first one to hit you know what i mean if that's kind of where the 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 tide has gone um but yeah uh We don't put too much stock into that aspect of it. I think part of it is trying to guess what uh, publishers are looking for as well. So, you know, you generally come – if you're trying to go around and shop one particular game and one particular idea, you're going to have a harder time. It's kind of like if you're in Hollywood and you've written a script and it's – this is your one script. If all the studios around, you know, refuse to make your movie, then you just have a script and, you know, nothing else. Uh, with us we'll go with five you know we'll probably have one or two main games that we're trying to pitch but then you know in the back of our mind if it doesn't seem like they're kind of biting on the pitch well what about this what about this what about this what about that you know so I think that's one of our our strengths as a studio probably
0: Um, having a deep catalog of ideas yeah
1: yeah just things that we can um, reach into and and again just the the, uh, creative mind and Behind some of the people in the studio, or really lend itself to that kind of uh, flexibility, and you know uh,
0: they're a little bit like, uh, you know, a little more liquid and more flexible. Uh, that makes it easier than if you're behind a huge machine where it's hard to shift. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the bigger studios can't pivot like that, you know,
0: for sure. And then, so as you're leading the people. Uh, I want to ask you, how do you like to lead your crew? Do you do a lot of, hey, I give you this amount of responsibilities and trust them, like, okay, I'm going to almost hand, not totally hands off, but how much, I guess, how much do you tiptoe in and out to manage, to to accomplish this goal? Is it more like more hands-on or is it more they they seem to do better by hey, here's your instructions. Knock this out. Sure. Stand, you know, back away in your yeah, sure. version. You know, I, yeah. You know, um, what, what's needed to really drive it forward, or do you? Is it as most cases where it's individual? Okay, this guy or this girl works this way. I need to check on so and so. Sure. All the time, this other yeah. person, they're good to go. This, and then making sure they feel the same amount of importance as part of the big picture. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess, and, and I'm, I'm leading to two questions. So that, and then, is it does it help to let them all know? Hey, each little piece that you do is just as important because without each piece, we can't build this thing. So I don't want you to feel like ah, oh, you're just making the sword all day, sure. and it's not important. It's important. They're going to use the sword the whole time. Don't feel unimportant. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just giving you random thoughts. No, <laughs> for sure.
1: Um, so I, I would say it's a, it's a it's some a little bit of a little bit of all of the above um <clears throat> i think that uh, uh certainly in my position just knowing how to deal with individuals um because everybody does work a little bit differently plays a big part um knowing that when i am working with you know x person on something i might need to approach it differently than if i was working on y person with that same feature um i definitely am somebody that uh um i like to give as much sort of leeway as i can but then there are sometimes things that we need to get really specific on and it's it's going to be like all right this is the feature or this is the 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 thing and it's going to be this this and this specifically there's no room for like uh adjustment here or wiggle um but then sometimes it's just like hey we need a fun element like come up with something and Probably shouldn't bang the table. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but um, so I'd say it's, it's it's a very different kind of all of the above sort of you know non-answer, if you will. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but as a general rule, um, I would rather uh, sort of trust the people as much as I can um, to to do find their own way around stuff and step in when they need me or if I can help in some way um, versus trying to micromanage and schedule and task every specific little piece because I feel like the more you go that route, sort of the more people become just like hey you told me to do x y and z i did x y and z and it's like yeah but didn't you see y coming and then you know yeah i did but you know you told me to do x y and z so i'm not worried about Y. you know what i mean so you can get you can go too far down that route where you you're you're trying to manage things too tightly and people stop kind of using their own judgment on like features and art
0: so you is it helped like so you encourage them to say hey, I gave you these orders. I encourage you to speak up when you see that why part. Absolutely. Before I mean, you get down and let's talk about it, and you come at me with some solutions, yeah, or, or I, just more so than don't just come at me with the problem. Come at me with the problem and a solution you thought of. Uh,
1: it's it's not even sometimes like if if they haven't come up with any solutions, I think that's fine. I'd rather than raise the the problem. I just want them. I just want them to call out when they see a problem. You know what I mean, like. Um, as much as we would like to we we can't we're not uh, we're not able to see all the the pitfalls of everything that we're doing at the same time so um, for sure there's situations where like we did x y and z but just I just didn't think about this particular angle or this particular thing that results in uh, you know UVW so now we have a whole other set of problems to solve in UVW but if somebody doesn't come to me and tell me like, "Hey, we've got this this happening, this happening, this happening," I think it's going to be an issue. And they just give me X, Y, Z. Then I have to kind of dig into it myself, and then I immediately see U, V, and W, and it's like, "Hey, man, didn't you see U, V, and W while you were working on X, Y, and Z?" And then, oh, yeah, no. yeah, I did, but I wasn't worried about it because you know you said just do this. So it's kind of a the constant struggle, right? It's just trying to just trying to get people to get invested enough so that they're. Um, um, yeah, so that they feel good about and they feel invested enough that they want to raise, you know, those red flags when they see them, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's good to hear. I like, always feel like I understand that completely. And then as not being the director or the owner, I forget sometimes to raise those flags. I'm like, ah, oh, like you hit a thought, you know, is it too small to bring up? Is mm-hmm. it not too small? I can deal with it. I'll just work through this thing. I'll get it done for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel as if, well, I accomplished what I needed to and I didn't want to bug you because you're doing more important things. But then coming to realize, I'm trying to be better at it. I was like, hey, I'm going to keep trucking, but here's the thing I'm dealing with. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep moving and then wait till you say, okay, yeah, that's a, let's change it. Or you're like, got it, keep moving. I'm trying to be better at that because I understand on a higher level you need you actually do need to know these little things but you don't want me to quit working put my feet up mm-hmm. get a nice coffee <laughs> and say well i ran into a thing so now i'm yeah. relaxing you have to you know message me from my nap to deal with it <laughs> like obviously you don't want that <laughs>
1: right yeah no for sure uh yeah That's that's just uh, uh it's super helpful from somebody, from my perspective, when people can be proactive about just bringing that stuff up when they see it, yeah.
0: Nice. And uh, so what happened in Vancouver? Huh? <laughs> You're not going to get away from it. Uh, if, if you want to tell me. If not, uh, you, sure, can, you sure. can move no, on. Cause
1: no, like, uh, we're, we're, we're
0: in a PG space, right? So,
2: yeah. ish. Ch-
0: If if any kid listens to this, he's gone already. She's gone. They've 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 heard enough grown up chit chat. True enough. It's okay.
1: Um, No, I mean, this (laughs) definitely this story doesn't paint me in a good light. This is not one of my finer moments. Um, But um, yeah, so I went to stay. I had met this guy um, um, playing uh, this game called EverQuest, which was like an online PC game back in the nineties. And, um, and I'd, I'd played games with him for a couple of years. And then, you know, one thing led to another anyways. I ended up staying in his couch in Vancouver. Um, and he had just gotten married um, to somebody that he also met through EverQuest. And uh, <clears throat> when I was there staying with him, um, again, I can't remember. I was, I was there for maybe a week, maybe two, but immediately um started having like personality sort of conflicts with uh his wife um his new his new wife and uh um we didn't uh we didn't get along too well i would say i mean i was doing my best to be as polite as i could because you're trapped there you're living there absolutely yeah and i was you know i'm at their mercy and then again i'm super thankful for everything that they did but um uh, one of the things that used to happen is that uh, I would sleep in the living room. It was a very small apartment. It was a tiny little like maybe 600 square foot uh, uh, one bedroom. You know, there's basically a kitchen and the living room connected and then there's a bedroom. And that was, that was all the space in there. So I was sleeping on the living room. Um, well, she used to be somebody that didn't go to sleep at night really. So she would be up sitting and watching TV and uh just about every night just constantly watching like i don't know um whatever whatever late night tv shows you can imagine she would just sit there on her couch and watch tv and it, it, it while well, you're you trying know, to sleep while i'm trying to sleep on, <clears> the, on the floor, floor next yeah. to her so it's like all i can do to just kind of keep my my sanity you know and try to get some sleep because uh at this point i'm waking up at uh seven or eight you know earlier, six or seven, so that I could be out into the city by about eight o'clock and then start, you know, whether I had school things to do or whether it was uh, looking for apartments, so on and so forth. Um, so um, I'm exhausted most of the time. She wouldn't actually go into the room, into into bed herself until about 4 a.m. or something like that. So it would be like a really restless sleep. And a couple of times I remember waking up and just seeing her just like staring at <laughs> at me as she's like sitting on the couch like eating chips and watching TV and just staring Crunch. at me with like you know sort of scary looks so uh, anyways the day came when I had my first like official orientation day at school and I was still living with them and um, you know I had asked as nicely as I thought I could if she wouldn't mind like like going to bed and like reading just leaving something. for yeah, a couple so months that I or could. something <laughs> yeah <all> right <laughs> No, but maybe, maybe like calling it quits around midnight or something so I could actually get a couple hours worth of sleep. And, and, you know, she was, she was like, okay, fine, no problem. Um, but then that night came and, you know, she went into bed around midnight and then about a half an hour later just came right back out and sat on the couch and just turned it on and they're just like munching on chips and watching me. And I was so frustrated, um, that, uh, when I woke up the next morning, um, I don't know if I ever actually went to sleep. I remember, I remember having, I had a two-hour drive into Vancouver because they didn't live Whoa, in Vancouver. It was that they far. Lived, yeah, they lived, they lived quite a ways mm. out. So I had a two-hour drive into Vancouver, and I had to be there at like eight thirty or something. So I was up at the crack of dawn. Oh,
0: so you're game. driving super
1: far too? Yeah, every yep, day. Yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> and I remember, I remember going to this thing, and then, um. Or no no no, getting on my computer first, which had been set up like in their kitchen or something, and just quickly talking to my sister. She had sent me a an IM, and I was I just real quick told her about like you know like I can't believe this woman. She just like kept me up all night, and I I typed all these things, Um, and uh, you know turned off monitor and then went off. And I, I wasn't flattering when I was describing like my experience there or anything like that uh and then went off to this the this orientation in one the vancouver film school and um as i'm driving i thought to myself like oh damn i probably didn't close that that chat window <laughs> and i was like well whatever i turned my monitor off surely it's not surely it's not a big deal um <laughs> but so i proceed to go through the whole orientation i'm just absolutely shattered i remember just like Feeling like I'm going to fall asleep and, you know, just no sleep from the night before. Uh, go through the whole day uh, and then drive two hours back Ugh. and get back to the to the <laughs> place. My All of my clothes and all of my stuff and my computer and everything has just been thrown out into the front yard. Oh,
0: no, like literally or just... Literally, yeah, literally. Not just, set outside in a box?
1: No, not set outside in a box. Just kind of like tossed out. Like I
0: of a movie? Just there was throw it out of the window? Kind of, yeah, kind of,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more or wow. less. I mean... That she, did, she didn't She did smash my computer which I was thankful for huh, she set good. that outside but I'll all my clothes and everything were okay. you know it was only like a suitcase's worth so it wasn't like a ton a ton of stuff but still but still um, and then I got there the, the problem was the she had my dog and she wasn't leaving my dog so I kind of had to like knock on the door and just be like listen I don't know what I don't know what you saw <laughs> but uh, I, I promise I'll get out of your hair uh, I just need my dog, and, all, and she's like, "I'm not opening the door. You can't have your dog back." Well, that was another thing. She, she and my dog had this weird. I mean, my dog was a dog; didn't care. But she had this weird thing where she would always try and like, I don't want to say like one up me with my dog. Like, I would, I would call my dog like, "Sam, come here," and then she'd be like, "No, Sam, come over here. Come over here," and then she'd uh, get a, like a treat and try to, and like try. It was this weird, like like, like a power struggle. Yeah, for power, Sam? exactly. Sam, What's my my going on um, so she wouldn't. She wouldn't give her back. Um, and so I sat there and I was like, "Look, I'll get out of your hair forever. I just need. Uh, I just need my dog. I'm not pretty, leaving without my pretty dog.
0: small ask. You yeah. know, give you your dog. Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> as I saw it. Yeah, but you're asking um, someone that threw clothes out.
1: Yeah, side. yeah. But again, uh, after she was understandably. Uh, upset over probably the not so flattering messages I had I had kind of left about her on my uh, <laughs> on my computer. Um, so the other side of that is uh, her husband was the guy that uh, that I had met online was was uh, a really really big kind of burly blue collar like construction worker type of dude, um, and very loyal and protective. So I was uh, also motivated to just sort of like get get a move on so that I could get out of there <laughs> before he comes back because uh, I didn't know what – I didn't know what he would uh, – he would how, how he would react to the whole situation. <laughs> so uh, this is before the day of cell phones really so it wasn't like he knew about – you know, you kind of had to be face-to-face with somebody for them to tell you a story about it. So uh, – <clears throat> um, I eventually had to threaten to call the police and it was about a half an hour later I finally got her to like you know open the door and give me my dog back and in the meantime I've packed up my car I've gotten everything ready to go I'm, I'm grabbing my dog and I'm just like alright you know for what it's worth sorry but I'm, I'm out of here I won't won't be in your hair again didn't know where I was going to go uh, but um, somewhere as in, I'm yeah, yeah <laughs> some, somewhere into Vancouver as I'm getting in my car that's when uh, the husband pulls up back, uh, kind of parks behind my car so I can't get out right, right away. And so now I've got to, uh, he, he, he comes, comes up and stands for me. What, what's going on here? Why are you leaving? What's happened? You know, and I just had to kind of look him in the eye and own up to like, look, man, I, I messed up, said some not so kind things about your, uh, about your wife. Um, she doesn't want me here anymore. I totally understand. I'm going to get out of your hair if you just want to sort of scooch by and. <laughs> You know, and he got this look. Like, what did you say? You know, he's kind I, of getting. getting I type really, She is not nice yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: in many different ways <laughs> with many different colorful yeah, bits of language. Uh, <clears throat> no, he got he got kind of in my face for a few minutes, but then uh, then stepped aside and let me let me pass pass on by, um, and that was sort of the last I ever heard of. Well, that's not, that's not entirely true for a long time that was the last i ever heard of them and then um i a couple years later i remember getting an im from this guy saying like hey yeah uh just thought i'd let you know that uh we're no longer together she was a little bit uh much yeah there was there was something there (laughs) so you know like sorry that whole thing happened you know type of thing so yeah that was uh that was my my intro to like living um living, uh, away from, away from home.
0: Oh, so, I mean, how was Vancouver the rest of the time? Yeah, How Vancouver many years cool. did you stay there?
1: Um, I was there for about four years. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. Vancouver is cool. Um, why, why did you end up leaving? Um, I mean. Or I, did you not plan on staying there after you graduated?
1: I well, no, I did, I did, I did work there after I, after I left Vancouver Film School. So after I finished Vancouver Film School, I worked there for about three years. Um, and then I eventually got, uh. Uh, another job opportunity in Singapore so I left to go to Singapore yeah
0: how'd you like that it was hot it's hot (laughs) Yeah, and I don't mean
1: that at Paris Hilton yeah yeah. you know it's hot (laughs) it was literally Literally sweating sweating all the time yeah just really really hot Um, no it was uh, it was a lot of fun I'm glad I went I don't necessarily feel the need to I wouldn't live there again probably Um, but uh, it was an interesting experience from the from the team perspective as well. What'd you
0: like about it? I guess, what'd you like about the city or where you worked?
1: Uh, the city, I mean the, the being in Southeast Asia like that was just really interesting. I mean, it was an adventure, right? I mean, what do I know about Singapore? A little, you know, a kid from New Hampshire, basically. Um, uh, never saw myself being like much of an international traveler or anything, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was basically Singapore is like a tropical, you know, jungle city right so uh everything it was really easy it's kind of like the easy way into southeast asia because everybody speaks english it's one of the main languages there um uh but at the same time you're sort of in the central the centralized area and you can travel around to thailand or indonesia or japan or china or different areas around asia really really easily um I mean, literally, you can go to the airport and buy a one-way ticket to Thailand for 60 bucks for the, you Whoa. know, it's like an hour and a half flight or something. Uh, and I used to do that all the time on weekends. We were just, like, um, our company was made up of all expats, basically, and um, a couple guys from France and England and um, a guy from Argentina and stuff like that, and uh, we would... Uh, we would just like every couple of weekends, just go on trips and stuff together. And we had a lot of fun from that perspective. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. We did our,
0: our honeymoon in Thailand. Oh, yeah. Ah, so awesome over there. Yeah. It's like, it's the demeanor everywhere from even in Bangkok to the tiny Samui where we chilled out. Uh-huh. It's like just so mellow. Mm-hmm. You know, even the, the hectic areas still felt more chilled out. It, when you, you know, when you like feel, the tension or the non-tension in a group of people you're around. Sure. It totally, it still felt relaxed wherever we were at. Yeah. Obviously less in the more rural places. Sure. But it was still more relaxed just overall. And I just keep thinking about that now where we I, I feel like we're in these, we are in these very nice areas, in a very nice city and in a good country. And you can still feel just agitated a little bit just a little just a little bit of tingling aggression and I'm trying to be aware of it Mm -hmm. and like okay be cool self just like look around it's all right. Mm -hmm. why do I feel this like just tingling and you know part of it's the current situation we can't visit like I'm so happy you have chosen to live during this time like us and you can be here in person and this is how we're supposed to be with each other or humans yeah so be here talking in person and i'd see the school a thousand or feels like a thousand zoom links you could do this and that, and yeah it is a way to connect but i just like i see it and i my knee-jerk reaction is just i don't i don't wanna i don't wanna look at you through there <laughs> you know i don't yeah. like i do like mostly don't I can wait. I'll dive into a book or this, and I'll be with the kids. Luckily, we had young kids, or you can mm-hmm. you can be the universe is so tiny for them right now. They're mostly okay with it, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I have friends with older teenagers or even older, and they're like, "This is really hard," you know. Yeah, and especially if one or two more are working. And the point is like, and you're in Singapore, or you're in this country. Like, did you notice a shift? And just appreciation, or what values you brought from there with you that stay with you. I think. I think when you travel
1: internationally, I think it uh, it helps to sort of lift the veil off of um, some what what you might call like American idealism. You know what I mean? I think people that that never leave have this sense of like, there's nowhere else that's got there, no place else in the world has like brings the value that we we do and you know and here in a, here in the u.s and i feel like when you travel internationally and you kind of see um uh just different perspectives and different takes on different ways of approaching things and you can appreciate those different ways and just sort of uh yeah just sort of gives you a whole new way of looking at the world and you don't have to i don't think about things quite as narrowly as i used to for sure, for 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 sure um I mean, Singapore, in terms of its attitude, was 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 pretty tightly wound. I mean, it's a very um, strict, sort of rules oriented country. But getting to visit places like Thailand, you know, different places of Indonesia, it's kind of like they they take the guardrails off, so to speak. You know what I mean? Nothing's nothing's quite as sanitized or everything sort of has that. This is true of uh, since then. I've been to like like places like South Africa and, and Kenya and. and uh, A a, a lot You forget in the U.S. About how Kind of um, How everybody takes for granted Just how Sort of safe everything is here In terms of When you're hiking And there's a dangerous part of the trail There's generally like a guardrail there To keep you from falling You know what I mean So You don't have any of that Sort of thing when you travel to a lot of these different places. So it sort of reminds you, like, you have to be sort of present and conscious and just aware of your surroundings and aware of, you know, the people around you and who you're with. And and it just kind of gives you a whole other level of appreciation in that sense. Um, if that and, makes and a, any sense.
0: For sure. And awareness. Just, hey, pay attention. Someone's not always watching yeah. out for you. Hey, exactly. Pay attention. Yeah. You just have to use, Look around.
1: you know, your own – critical thinking to be able to analyze a situation like is this a good idea is this is what we're doing uh, you know like uh, safe or or worth it or you know whatever your whatever your perspective is at that particular time you know so
0: <clears throat> so you've been in all these countries would you have you ever considered not living in, in the US yeah, yeah yeah definitely where would where would you like to live
1: oh man uh you know i always I always wanted to spend more time around Europe. I've been to England once, uh, twice, I guess. Um, but very, very brief trips. Um, but Europe, I always found any, anywhere in Europe, but particularly like, you know, uh, Scotland or, you know, anything with castles and history and that sort of feeling of, um, uh, like, like, I don't know, just, just. I guess, I guess, yeah. It it really is just a sense of like lineage and history and going all the way back there. I think is really interesting to me, um, and I feel like I relate more to that side of of uh, of kind of my own, you know, my own roots as like an Irish, Scottish, Welsh, you know, whatever um, <clears throat> human being that always drew me to those areas. That that would be probably if I could choose. I think without speaking from any any point of um, Again, I've not spent enough time there, but I would love to go and live in like you know somewhere in Europe, um, probably uh, probably in the you know British Isles or uh, <clears throat> um, like I don't know skin in, somewhere in Scandinavia or something like that. Uh, but then again, the idea of snow terrifies me after living in <laughs> texas for the last 10 years
2: <laughs> and knowing
1: you know, what life is like not having to dig your car out of a snowdrift. you know every morning um
0: so in like new hampshire that. was it really like that oh yeah.
1: yeah yeah i mean it was it was it was snowy it was windy new hampshire wasn't as bad as chicago chicago was cold 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 and more cold oh. yeah um but uh yeah i suppose i suppose uh we, given our current like situation with coronavirus and our current political climate and and everything, it does sort of make you want to get out out of out from under it all. Sometimes, isn't it? You know.
0: Yeah, I always we think about it, and we've thought you know we've thought about it <laughs> loftily many times over sure. being together, and even when we were going to move to Texas, we were thinking, oh, should we move to Mexico? Should mm-hmm. we? We were definitely considering, okay, if we're going to move, what says we need to move any particular place. Mm-hmm. We were starting over. Mhm. Anyways. Yeah. So wherever we, there was no jobs where we were going to go. It was more of an open ended, we're going to sell our house. We just want to be with our kids more. This, was, when this we is when we're where in California, leave, leaving LA. And we just didn't see each other. We didn't didn't have enough I didn't have enough time with the Diego, or, you know, Sophia was just born, but mm-hmm. I was like, we can't. Like the only thing that's gonna happen here is I'm gonna get promoted, and I'm gonna see you less. That's my win, right? So yeah. this is this isn't this is not no. This is not happening. We're out mm-hmm. sort of here. So we're like, you know, not spin the globe, pick a spot type thing. But at the same time, we're like, okay, well, we're gonna be in funny not funny whatever like let's go directly to the neighborhood where i grew up how about that for really branching out <laughs> get, let's get crazy you know yeah. we're thinking like you know we love thailand where we're like are the schools good enough you know what what job can it really get you know we you know, most employer we're taking a baby six month old baby and a four-year-old yeah. do we really want to put them in mexico or is this is like cartels are always bad but the spot we were thinking of had also been taken over by cartels so or, like, oh, man. not owned, but it's part of the business. Sure. You know, sort of like, oh, okay, that's probably not a good idea. So then we settled on coming here. It's familiar. But I hadn't lived here since I was a 20-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a whole new, you know, you're, it's a different world. It's the same spot, but it's all different because now I'm not a kid and I'm a grown-up. Sure. So my whole unit it's different, anyways. Yeah. So I, I guess like we're thinking it's just as important to travel to expose them to places that aren't like this mm-hmm. is just as good as or better. I don't know. That's right. Then literally living somewhere else, and I don't know. You know, I have a friend in uh, Singapore now, mm-hmm. uh, and he was in Bali, okay. and he's what is from Northern California, very fluent. Life And he's like, no, I would definitely prefer to be in Bali, not with the pressures of American, the American pressures I put on myself. Yeah. So his company grew (laughs) and now he's in Singapore. He's like, I should have just said, I'm okay with this. His company was okay. Yeah. It was tiny. Yeah. They had three helpers at home that they paid double their rate, which is still nothing in American standards. Sure. And he's like, yeah, it's it's grown and yet I want like he keeps saying like do I do I want the past more than I want something I can have now because mm-hmm. he he's doing better he could just downgrade just shift the knob just have less which yeah. what you say is what you really want but obviously you don't because you're just gonna keep trucking moving it forward let's yeah. notch it up let's level up like I don't know this, this is what's rattling in my head all the time it's like when are you supposed to be totally cool but want more Mm -hmm. but what are you wanting more for if the end result is you just want to be cool yeah what are we doing here yeah is this because we're american or because this is just humans
1: yeah I, i i think it's cultural i think in a lot of ways i mean there there's there's some human element to it i'm sure right but uh definitely culturally it feels that way um you feel that pressure because I totally I'm with you man I mean uh, I love my job but at the same time like I I would love to just kick up and stare at the wall in some you know small house that I didn't have the you know you don't have the stresses or the pressures and of the everyday life going on here like if I didn't have to you know look five years out and planning <laughs> and you know juggling the, the you know bu- these massive budgets for these games and stuff like I would love uh, you know, I'd love to be in a situation where it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, like whatever your whatever your passion is or whatever strikes you at that at that time, you can kind of uh, pursue a little more freely. Or it's not so much about all the, the overtime you have to work or like how little you get to see the kids. You just you kind of do what you need to do to live your day to day, but spend you know the majority of your time or your time is more balanced overall. And just you know, um, being present and. Being there with your family and people that you care about and doing things that you love—it's um, a constant, uh, yeah. It's a constant struggle of just like, how do you, how do you get back to that space? You know what I mean? I mean, I, it, I was never somebody that, that glorified like the younger days. Ah, oh, when I was a teenager, like you know. My dad always used to tell me, uh, these are the best days of your life, so like better enjoy them. You know, and I remember that, Probably the worst thing you could say <laughs> to an angsty teenager, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it'll never get yeah. better ever. Good luck with the rest of it. But there is get something there. to be said about... Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> just about being a little more carefree and not feeling the... Like if you just wanted to pick up and leave everything behind, you can. Um, I don't know how... Functionally, I mean, it takes, I think, a certain kind of courage to, to be able to say, like, you know what? We're going to do kind of what you guys basically did, just pick up and go someplace. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, it's probably something that you kind of have to do. I mean, unless you get lucky somehow or, or you're, you're very focused and you're working toward this goal for a long period of time. I don't know how else you can just kind of decide, like. Hey, I think I've had enough. I want to just let's go live in a like mountain in Colorado, or drive out to Telluride and you know build our little stone hut off the grid or something. <laughs> or or yeah, head off to Bali and just find a find a place on the beach. Um, for the record, I thought Thailand was way cooler than Bali. I remember. I, remember well, I haven't that. I haven't been to Bali, but definitely yeah. loved Thailand. Yeah, Thailand was. I don't know. There's something about the vibe of Bali that that just. I'm sure it had to do with just the parts that I was I was at and places I was but I was on the more touristy side of the islands and I remember feeling it was like far less authentic than it felt like Thailand was Thailand you you actually feel like you're stepping into their world a little bit in Bali it just sort of felt like their whole world was trying to make
0: all trying the to tourists make you comfortable. yeah
1: tourists comfortable I didn't, I didn't like that as much
0: yeah that's that's a good point yeah because we're yeah, it was it was there was nothing like, Hey, this is specific to make you, the American, super happy and make you feel like it's America. It's like, nah, like enjoy what we have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was forces you to fit into them rather than you're trying totally. to bring.
0: Like that was the point of us going there is yeah. is I wanna not I want leave all this America behind for a minute. Let's do an awesome trip and feel something foreign. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. And they, you know, it definitely felt like that. Yeah. And I had friends that I'd, I'd, I'd asked friends that had been, had been there before, where should I go? How should I plan my trip? And got some input and two friends, you know, lived there. One of them worked there for a while and they're like, oh yeah, like it will be the best trip of your life. And my wife was super scared. Like, no, not Asia. Like, it's not just the word on the huge part of the globe. Like, this is a really cool spot. Mm-hmm. And get verified by two close friends that say it's awesome. They know what's awesome. We're going mm-hmm. there. I had my... Wisdom teeth taken out. Went really bad. They were all impacted. Yeah. I couldn't speak for 48 hours. Oh, my God. So I got home and I was off work. So I said, oh, this is the best time for me to nail down the full itinerary of the entire two and a half week honeymoon. Mm -hmm. So no speaking, pretty much. Schedule every hotel, ride, trip, plane. Date date out the full itinerary. It was awesome. Like, it helped me hyper-focus and... It was great, and I was like, oh, you like, when you don't speak for some length of time and you have a task to do, you really knock it out. Yeah. You know, whereas. Interesting. <laughs> you know, so for example, I work on, you know, shows, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I, I, I do like routines. I like when I can carve one out and then kind of do that until it changes, which it will. And then I'll, you know, do the whole thing with the kids, go to work, kind of not talk, if I had a very big amount of material to work on. Mm-hmm not speak and just do basically eight hours of work do a walk in the middle and, and then now we're at home and i it's like very like hey you might get an hour interruption 30 minutes interruption you get back on it and you have you know those mental shifts i'm now into this task oh yeah now i'm with talking to someone Now i'm going back to this time ta- like i don't try to do the math on how much time is lost and shifting tasks like even flipping tabs on the computer jams you up for five minutes Mm -hmm. when you're on the new page you're like okay just yeah so what i've been doing before because you feel the need to just quickly tab over do a thing go back to the other thing so i've been trying to if you flip tasks just sit 60 seconds Mm -hmm. before i dive in yeah it kind of helps me have a faster transition Hmm. then immediately flip tabs do it because then i feel like i think about what i'm doing Mm -hmm. better Mm -hmm. and that seemed to help because i'm all these interruptions is new Mm -hmm. you know but i don't in the beginning i was just ah i can't deal with this and i can't i'm doing a thing don't you see me i'm doing this very important thing i don't want to i can't talk to you because i'm doing the thing that helps me be with you so get out of here yeah, and then I'm mad at myself, or like, oh, that's and now I'm not doing the thing because now I'm upset at myself. Yeah, and then I, and then if you go back, now you're now you're really pulled away from what you were planning yeah. on fighting for, on both ends. You don't want to be with the kids. I need to be with the kids. I need to do work and yeah. Ah, uh, this is part of the uh, tingling, like I can't calm it down mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. But then if you pause for a second they're like okay i'll do this right now if i stop i'm gonna just stop and i try to be good i'm not i definitely fail pretty often i'm trying to be at least aware of it mm-hmm. you know it's hard I mean, you know if you're feeling
1: that's a good uh, tip um i should try that as well i mean obviously you, have,
0: you probably have t- 20 tabs i don't know what you how many th- things you're navigating yeah, but d- it seems like if you just change, boom, you're not in the right mm-hmm. mental thought. So you've got to give the motor a second to literally yeah. shift gears, get into a rhythm, and then dig in. Sure, I feel like that's helped me just kind of navigate the changes in needs yeah. that come at you faster of
1: the of the current day and age. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, I think I think Amanda. Uh, says it's finding it's called finding your flow When you get it you get into that zone and you just it's like a it's like a hyper-focused state where you know you're just working for four to eight hours at a time and you, that's when you get so much done and anytime you have an interruption pulls you right out of it pulls you right out of it um i don't have as many opportunities as as i used to certainly like when i was modeling i could just get in there and i you know you work on these models for weeks so it would be some days you wouldn't have to talk to anybody you just sit down and just do art and do what you need to do um uh now i'm having to switch gears so often anyway uh but i find myself probably subconsciously doing what you're suggesting where i sit And I have to, I have to like tab through like all my mental sort of like, okay, now I've got this, 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 which one, what am I doing now? You know, it's almost like a spinning a wheel of like, all right, let me (laughs) pick one of these 10, yeah, these 10 things and then get, you know, spend an hour or something to do that. And then Sophie runs in and, you know, like trying to get my attention for something and try not to be like, Hey, look, don't bother me. You know, trying to be somewhat like at least for a couple of moments present and turning back and then. Having forgotten all about which one I had settled you know which which thing I was jumping on next so yeah um, yeah it's the, the definitely a challenge of of the current day and age for sure
0: yeah after um, so how long were you in Singapore? you said only about a year and a half. then um, you moved to Chicago after that
1: I, w- I moved to Alabama. Yeah, where oh, I met Amanda. Yeah, where I met Amanda. Long, long story. We've okay. my family has been all all over the place. But basically, when I went, when I left Singapore, my mom at the time and her husband were living in Alabama, um, and so I just went to I just went to stay with them for a couple more months, and then I met Amanda um, probably about a month after I had gotten back from Singapore, and um, you know, within a couple of weeks, I'd driven up to to Vermont and to stay with her, and didn't want to. Didn't want to leave, so we stayed Wait, so in Vermont. Wait, so she was
0: she was living in Vermont.
1: She was living in Vermont. Yeah. She
0: how in, how interesting. You're in New Hampshire. Yeah. She's in Vermont. Like I
1: said, a bit of a bit how of a nice. long story. I'd always you know, and of course, she's from South Africa, so um, <clears throat> she's not a native Vermonter. Uh, but she she was living with my um, with my sisters. She was their roommate, and um, she couldn't go back for Christmas that year um, to South Africa. So, uh, my sisters invited her to stay with us over Christmas. And she had met my entire, she'd known my entire family for years, but I was never home. I was always in, I was in Vancouver and then I was in Singapore. And so just our paths never crossed. Oh, wow. Um, so
0: she totally knows your whole family. Yeah.
1: And my aunts and uncles and like, I mean, she'd been up to, yeah, she got to meet everybody before she, she got to meet me. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, we, when, when she came over, she was, um, um, you know, we just, you know, clicked. I mean, we were both very, uh, standoffish and shy with one another initially, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, they, they, my sisters and, and Amanda invited me up to Vermont after, after everybody had gone back up North and, um, I had just gotten a, gotten a car after i so i had, i had no car when i moved back to the u.s and so i just bought a car and i thought all right cool i'll just i'll just jump in and drive up from alabama to vermont and yeah 24 hours later i was i was there and uh yeah then i just didn't uh didn't leave so we stayed in vermont for a couple of
0: years um and you're still with the same company from singapore
1: no 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 so i uh i f- after I came back from Singapore, I just came. I just started freelancing. I was just doing freelance artwork for uh, for some film and video game studios. Um, uh, wasn't intentional. It just sort of like landed in my lap, um, which can't complain. I mean, I got really lucky in that sense, uh, and it was enough to keep me going for you know. Um, Couple of years, uh, then I had a one a bad experience with a with a studio in Montreal actually that I was that I was working with for a couple of months that resulted in them not not paying me you know for a large portion of my work. So after that, I'd kind of had enough, and uh, you know that was a stressful stressful time. So that's when I started um, um, actively looking for another job, and I went, ended up going to Chicago after that. So that's how we ended up in Chicago, and then from Chicago, Texas. So
0: ah. yeah no more cold after that god <laughs> Chicago
1: cold like is again I, I didn't think anything of it having grown up in New Hampshire and living in Vermont that you know just thinking like oh it's just gonna be another cold place no no that wind man that that wind chill that negative 30 degrees it doesn't matter what you wear <laughs> that just cuts cuts through you to the bone really negative 30 oh yeah the wind chills often in the winter times were getting up to like they were they were often hanging around like negative 5 negative 10 degrees uh there was a couple of nights where it was like negative 30 degrees and i remember we were going out for whatever reason uh and we were taking the subway back and that particular night was like negative 25 wind chill in the the subway there is not technically a subway. It's more like a Skytrain, you know. Okay. So the raised platforms and these stainless steel seats. And we're, just, we're <laughs> out there at like 10 at night coming back from this uh, function that we had been to. And uh, the wind was whipping and we were both just like... You said that's it? Just, just like dying of cold together uh you know so whatever. was that
0: was that the night is that the transition or was <laughs> no that the beginning i mean of, you
1: there, there was a lot about chicago that chicago's a really cool place to visit but for somebody we didn't grow up there we don't have any attachment there and just for general living we didn't find it particularly to our liking i mean it just wasn't our kind of place um very crowded lots of traffic everywhere very packed things very packed together um hard to get Around, I mean, we used to joke that it would take us an hour to get anywhere. It didn't matter where we were going; it was just always an hour to to get there. Um, and uh, not a lot of not a lot of nature, not a lot of stuff that you could do unless you drove quite a bit further. Um, so we were never really uh, in love with Chicago, but there the, the, the were there were moments like that that when we started thinking about leaving, that were like, if I never have to do that again in my life, I I am happy. <laughs> then it didn't snow super often there, but we did get a couple of snowstorms. Like one time we got a like 3 feet of snow one night. And uh the way in the one park- night? Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a doozy of a storm. Um No
0: Instacart that night, I'm assuming. Just got to
1: There was no, yeah, there's no Instacart. <laughs> we were we were lucky. We were one of the few people that didn't lose uh power, you know, we were like renting a duplex at the time and then mm-hmm. um but what did happen is that the the parking there is all from the alleyways in the back. And the alleyways were were completely, you know, like three plus feet of snow. And uh, the the when the plows it took a, it took a day for the plows to or more for the plows to make it through all the neighborhoods. And when they came and plowed, they then took this three feet of snow from the alleyway and compacted it into this like six foot mound of solid ice behind the car. And so looked, <laughs> essentially, both of our cars were were just completely covered in that um are you have have you lived in areas with snow at all i lived in in alaska when i was young oh man so yeah you know a little little bit about (laughs) a little bit about snow but yeah you've got the different kinds of snow and when the 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 plows come and it starts to get a little bit it starts to get a little bit warmed up and the snow starts to melt just a little bit but then Mm -hmm. it freezes again because it's cold uh and it creates that solid rock solid dense Thick snow, and that's what the plows were were kicking up everywhere. And and it took me, took me two full days to to um, dig our cars out of the alleyway. And then when I finally got it to the point where our cars could back out again, the plow came back, <laughs> kicked up the rest, <laughs> and then put like another like two or three feet. And I just remember spending <laughs> having to go out the next morning, and then having to spend another two or three hours digging ourselves out. Maybe and, that was the day you're like, that's yeah.
0: it i'm out of and here
1: again there were many little moments of that where where it was just we'd had a we'd had enough what did you so, have just
0: a personal little tiny jackhammer to deal with all the ice oh my god and no it was just a saw there's that just a plastic hatchet?
1: shovel no just a plastic shovel uh because again the, the wasn't a ton of snow in chicago in general so it wasn't usually a gotcha a problem just that one time and you know we were just woefully underprepared um uh, yeah and then I had to miss work for like two, two or three days, because uh, I couldn't get to the office. I couldn't get I I couldn't get out of my driveway. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was like chilling, just like enjoying the day off. It was like, you know, for as many hours as I could possibly be outside, just shoveling that 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 icy, snowy, whatever. Yeah. Ah, those are the days. Uh-huh.
0: And now you walk out, walk what quarter eighth of a mile, and you're going down this pristine bike path. Seeing all the trees and the land, the mm-hmm. openness. That's what I love. That's why I really wanted to come back is because we were in North Hollywood uh-huh. and it's just it's miles as the you could possibly see of neighborhood. Yeah. Forever neighborhood. Yep. i was like, I don't, I, yeah, it's because I'm from here, but this is not good. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I want to go walk in a forest as, you know, whatever that is. Yep. I want to do that. Yep. And so we come here and it's awesome. It's like, yes, this is what I wanted. Yep. I want a five-minute bike ride. We're in a forest. I can't see houses. I love it. If I want to see city, 25 minutes, I'm in the thick of a city. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But I don't really want that. That's why I live down here.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, no, Austin is a great balance of, of uh, city and, uh, you know, small town, smaller towns, forest and country and... Yeah, I like I like that aspect of it. I think lawn. it's a good because
0: it feels so far away, even where you're at, it's barely further than ours. Sure. Just just wide roads, mm-hmm. just yeah, just the just open your doors the whole way yep. was so amazing to me the first couple of years. Like you just open your doors all the way everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Your car doors, you just open them up. Yeah. And I used to be like, yes, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Did you see? You can just open your doors. Yeah. Like, I was just so used to just half opening your door and squeezing out uh-huh. every parking lot. If yep. you didn't have to pay for the parking and not on a street. Oh, man, I was so fed up with that situation. Yeah. Just I just want to park somewhere and open the door. Pretty yeah. small ask. <laughs> but it, it really, like, it, and then parking in the same spot uh-huh. was also a huge deal. Uh-huh. Like, having my own parking spot phenomenal yeah thing that yeah. It gets underappreciated Yep, like uh you know just being packed in those big cities and i don't miss i don't miss it no no i'm
1: with you that's it's a good point there's elbow room out here yeah you just yeah, just a little bit of just a little bit of uh to <laughs> flex. <laughs> yeah i i totally agree completely agree chicago felt a bit like that. I mean, I've been to L.A. a couple of times and I, I remember feeling the same way where you just look out and it's, you're not looking at forests at any point. I mean, there, there are areas that can be beautiful. But oh, they it's have, just, they it's have beautiful stuff, but in yeah. the
0: city, city. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even start camping and exploring all the nice nature stuff that it has until after we moved back. Sure. And we go do camp trips out there, or we did before the virus, like Sophia yeah. always says, you know, before the virus or after the virus. Yep but we'd go there and start camping I'm like oh yeah this place is awesome i didn't go and take advantage of all the cool places yeah so now that we're here it's it's nice that there's such close things to do
1: yeah yeah main and i always say that uh, everything feels like it's about 20 minutes away it's 20 minutes yeah. to downtown it's yep. 20 minutes to the the like biggest bigger bigger shopping centers it's 20 minutes to to a really nice nature hike areas yeah so it's it's
0: more our kind of place for sure so what's next for the next phase uh, of your life? Let's see. You're just gonna. You're I don't gonna know, game, man. Let's game wait game till up, you, know? Uh, you know. Let's wait
1: till November, and, and I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. After November. Yeah. It's an, it's Touch a, base again. It's see An what election happens. year, you know. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> no, I, for for real, um, it's. I think it's just taking it one day at a time right now, and trying to trying to move past the see how the world is going to change after this whole you know corona thing. Um, sort of sorts itself out or doesn't you know Like, what is everything going to look like and then go from there um does sort of feel like a lot of things are in some kind of holding pattern in a lot of ways you know um luckily you know like both amanda and i were in fields that we're not we're not like hard off or anything because our jobs are flexible enough where we can work from home and we can do those things um uh so i think we're just kind of surviving at the moment and then we'll we'll see where to go from there Yeah. What about you guys?
0: You know, time will tell. I'm trying to just do whatever I can do as far as keeping my mind going, just trying to be creative within the space that I have, whatever I can do. Sure. Sharing this time, doing the podcast with Diego regularly keeps me, you know, kind of active that way and pursuing different ideas just for the sake of touching a little bit of creativity even if it doesn't equal some sort of life transition, just the True. fact of, uh, let me just pull myself a little bit in different directions, not ever, cause I guess the point is, it sounds very jarring, whatever, scrambled. But in color, in my profession, I have never felt as if you're good. It's like you're in, you're in with the boys, mm-hmm. you're good. From now on, you're with us, uh, you're good, forever. Uh-huh. Never had that feeling. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's been fine. Sure. Just do my job, do as best as I can, mm-hmm. work hard. You're okay. I'm okay. I think it's going to be fine. But it's, it's I think, not feeling a 1,000% secure makes you do a better job. Yep. Whereas if you feel like, hey, you can never do wrong. Like, oh, you're a tenured professor. Go ham and just sure. run amuck. Yeah. You can do no wrong. Like, that's not good either. Sure. So I asked you about, you know, your job. But I think that's why I like what I do is because I feel like I do need to do the best I can. Or yeah. you could be replaced. Work hard or you could be. Re- that's kind of a good feeling to have as much as it. Isn't a good feeling. It, uh, I know what you It's mean. good for. Yeah. It, it is good.
1: It keeps the fire. Under keeps you. the fire keep, going. Keeps you like, learning new things. Keep on your, you toes. on your toes. Yeah. exactly.
0: So, like I was telling you about that—that that AI software that we're working with. Sure. Really thought about that idea several years ago, and then mm-hmm. someone worked hard and created, it and I'm still testing out. I did a couple tests with it, and it's, it's something you imagine is going to totally. It's like. A software that comes out and says, "Hey, we we AI yeah. the game, video game, the make story, stri- the make yeah. game button exists now. A yeah. little a little nudge here and there, and it's the make game button. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, just that section would be great. And I'm getting into it, I'm like, maybe in some cases, it can. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that it can't totally replace humans. Kind of psyched about that. Yep, yeah. it." what color correction you need a human if you would want it to be really good. On the detail level, mm-hmm. right? But also it's still going to be good for something. I'm gonna. F- it's going to be good for some part of the process in sp- specific scenarios. Sure. Which is awesome. But then when you think like, oh yeah, I like the human needing to be needed also. As much as I love automation and robots, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a good flow in the future of of more robot stuff. Yeah. But there will never be a mate game button. This is this is and, most likely true. And there yeah. will never be a color movie button. Yeah, yeah. If you want it to look good, right? There maybe there's a mate game button for a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure,
1: they I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah, come up with the next Flappy Bird or whatever the next little like iPhone game
0: is. Yeah. Did you hear about how how addicting Candy Crush and uh, the Angry Birds was?
1: Addicting to everybody, or addicting to somebody in particular.
0: Just whoever, like whoever yeah. started playing it, it, it's got that addictive quality, like such a dopamine surge that more gravitating than any deep set storyline. Cause then you're starting to pay attention too much. The less resources and the brighter the colors, the more yeah. you're gravitated towards huh. it, which makes, I think about that when I see the kids playing Fortnite, I'm like, it's the perfect, bright, poppy colors. Mm-hmm. And the, even the need to switch switch gear switch guns switch outfits because mm-hmm. you understand like how you know this, the dopamine hit you get from screens right sure so <laughs> I noticed that in the game like how fast how fast it render, renders your game, your gun change mm-hmm. and your clothes change it's light speed right it's just boom I'm in a different outfit I have different hair different backpack different color same outfit here's 10 different colors and you're just like mm-hmm. you're just hammering that overload that hit instead of actually running into the game they spend more time you know changing up just to be like i gotta hit it hit it get change the thing change the thing change the thing change okay now let's run and shoot Mm -hmm. and i'm like it's triggering something i don't like but i do like that he's talking to his friends but it's like it's like man ah they're awesome but is it bad is it good it's fine so i just i settle with the balance yeah Dig in, have fun, but it's not all you'll do all day. Right, and Um, then I think it's totally cool. I think I I can't. You know, I'm not gonna like hammer the brakes on the future. I don't want to be that old man, but I also Mm -hmm. don't want to. I don't know.
1: No, it's all about uh, moderation, right? Right, moderation and balance, like you said, um, because there's there's science behind all of it, and the. You know, it's just as important, to, you know, socializing is important and if you can get it over the video games, it counts. Um, but being outside of nature is just as important and something that um, I didn't always balance myself super well. Uh, uh, that's one thing that this quarantine sort of situation is, has kind of forced me to do and, you know, we've talked about. Uh, the trails and stuff that we've found since this whole thing started, and, and yeah. I so you lived
0: sort of, here for how long before you start start traveling on the trails? Oh,
1: that house we we moved into that house in 2012, and it is now 2020. And uh, I knew about one trail there. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking about eight years now. I've there's at least six or seven, um, and then uh yeah if you're looking you can find just in different neighborhoods not even around us you can you can see that there's trails off in the distance and we've started you know exploring those as well so
0: how cool is that
1: yeah it's awesome it's awesome
0: you found something awesome that was there the whole time
1: yeah I know like, well yeah I, I I have no idea actually when some of these went up <laughs> they've been there maybe they have been there the whole they've time I think some of them have been years. yeah right <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's it's uh, it's been a lifesaver and gotten me out and gotten that balance back nice and certainly working with Sophie and trying to get that that balance as well so
0: yeah so you'll probably some you'll continue no matter what just Yeah,
1: yeah yeah oh, absolutely definitely planning on it yeah
0: that's cool yeah
1: yep um, and bike riding as well I mean um, I don't get to you know uh, one of the things that Amanda and I used to do used to have the most fun over when we first started dating was mountain biking in vermont and areas like that um we didn't, since sophie was born we haven't really gotten to just go on a bike ride together But now she's getting old enough where she can come with so we're 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 trying to get back into that that swing of things but i mean we used to go for miles and miles and yeah looking forward to sort of
0: finding that passion again well if you want obviously doing bike rides is cool Mm -hmm. the whole time so we can do family rides and now the girls are big enough they can Mm -hmm. ride and the veloway is easier for them and from the veloway you can go into the actual paths yeah
1: so so we just discovered those yesterday as a matter of fact yeah we didn't know we went we parked at walgreens and we went along that trail that goes all along the veloway i didn't realize
0: how big of a trail system it was back there and is that good for bikes or walking to the veloway or you can Bike it's the whole way. definitely good for biking. Yeah. Okay. That
1: was the and walking. It was a great walking path. It's going to be it's a great beginner uh uh mountain bike like off-road bike path. It's way way smoother than the ones by by our, our house even. So Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, let's take let's do some rides. So. Yeah, we
1: should. Okay. Let's get out there and and yeah, tear it up. There's even an area where uh, uh, they've got, like, a bunch of jumps and sort of little obstacles and stuff set up for, like, BMX biking.
0: Ah, oh, Diego would yeah. love that. Yeah. They used to take me to that little Buda skate park. You seen, okay. You've been there? Um, it's a tiny uh, little skate park. But he likes to take so. his bike on there. Uh-huh. But then I was driving there to this tiny spot to do jumps. I'm thinking, yep. there's got to be awesome trails close to us. And yeah. then you started telling me about it, and like I looked on the map the other day, like whoa, there's such a deep trail system for bikes. Yeah, it's, so they're not easy to find
1: though uh, online. I mean, I'm used to go online and look for things. You got to know where to look and how to look. I and mean, If you don't know the right website or the know the right app or whatever it is to try and find some of these, um, my uh, my brother in law found a bunch of the trails by our house just by he he has this like jogging app which compares his route and speeds to other mm-hmm. joggers in the area. And that's how he found most of the trails around our house was that he just saw that people were jogging in these particular areas. So he'd sort of head out in that direction and then he'd eventually find like a little trail system. But they're not on any map or any, you know, they're not official trails. They don't have names. You know. <laughs> it's just just places that just people of, have done. So yeah. that
0: still happens, the word of mouth. Kind of, yeah. <clears throat> Travel you, take you somewhere to yeah, explore. exactly. Yeah. If you ever want, I've never done the entire Greenbelt hike. I, if you're up for nah, that one day, I've never done it. But you can, there's yeah. apparently there's a main starting and stopping point. I think it's like really? 14, 16 miles, something. You can walk the entire path. That's you could hefty, do it in a day. Yeah. that's it's a just hefty, a long day, uh, but. <laughs> I <was gonna> say. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. Uh, what would it Probably average speed on the Greenbelt would be somewhere two and a half, three miles an hour yeah be somewhere around there
0: yeah that's so if you're up for that let's do that's a hike and a
1: half man yeah pack a picnic
0: yeah (laughs) we'll take a uh what is the pattern the picnic the plaid the plaid yeah red and white thing with the little wicker basket Mm -hmm. absolutely you know chardonnay some cheese some crackers (laughs) sounds like a date (laughs) that'd be awesome well, thank you, man. I think we can wrap this up. All right. Well, I thanks, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for chatting. All right. Take care. Be healthy, y'all.